I want to talk about an uncomfortable Christmas story. And I, I want to make it clear that Christmas, for all its fun and all of its giving, it does have a lot of discomfort involved in it. And I think sometimes that's overlooked. And so today I just want to take a little bit of time and share with you what is on my heart today is that the Christmas story is not a perfect picture where nothing goes wrong. But there is a lot of uncomfortable moments in the story of Christmas. So to anybody out there today, you're wondering if Christmas is all going to be just perfect. The first Christmas was not perfect. The first Christmas was very uncomfortable for many people. And so if that's ministering to you today, then receive that today. I want to start today by saying or asking the question, which king at Christmas is your king? Is it Jesus, the newborn king, or is it Herod, the already existing Roman appointed king? Today we're going to look at two kings. We're going to look at the difference between two kings, both of which were uncomfortable during this season, and we're going to measure to see which king is our king for this Christmas season. Um, Historians tell us that Herod, that was Aspen's job, the one that looked real mean, had the big sword. Historians tell us that Herod was an Arab who converted to Judaism and he was a horribly jealous man, prone to not trusting anybody that could hurt him. He was known to destroy any threats that come against him, against his reign as king of the region. He was, his own sister was said to have turned him against his wife, the wife that he loved very much. Thank you, Brother Brandon. Her two sons, um, he eventually would murder his wife, his two son, her two sons, her brother, her grandfather, and her mother because his sister got into his head and made him think that they were going to be against his kingship and his authority. He ended up turning into a very wicked king, becoming a very wicked king. Hopefully now this gives us all context and background for the reference of the Bible in Matthew chapter 2 and 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. The question was, wait a minute, I thought I was the king. I thought I was the king. I thought we already had a king. I thought I was the one in charge. I thought I was the one in authority. You're telling me there's another king that's being born? This is fighting words to King Herod. He did not like to hear the fact that there was another king being born. It troubled him. Who dare tries to take over my kingdom? Who dare tries to challenge my kingdom? reign who would dare try to come and kick me off of my throne he was upset he was troubled but not just him the bible says that even jerusalem was troubled by the news my assumption would be that this man was so wicked that if he found out there was a contender to his throne he could do he could go to the ends of the earth to destroy the entire place to make sure he kept his reign It created great fear among everyone. Nobody wanted to mess with this evil king, Herod. He was so wicked. He was a wild man, and no one knew what he would do to keep his power. It was a very dangerous moment for everyone involved. 
I want you to notice next in Scripture, Matthew 2 and 4, what Herod does next in Matthew 2 and 4. And when he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who, sh- who will shepherd my people Israel. Verse 7, then Herod, when he had secretly, everybody say secretly, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you found him, bring word back to me. I want to know where he's at because look at the agenda of the wicked king. I also want to go worship the baby. We all know that that's not true. We all know that he only wanted to participate so that he could damage the Christ. Now, we don't spend a lot of time in Christmas talking about Herod, but we're on a theme right now. We're, we're talking about how uncomfortable the last days will be. And I wanted to put that same truth in this Christmas season with all your Christmas trees and your gifts and your parties. I don't think we realize the reality of Christmas was very uncomfortable. Something the North American Western church doesn't want to talk about is the word uncomfortable. And the reason why I keep bringing it up is because it's absolutely doctrinal and biblical that it shouldn't be easy. Wednesday night I preached that easy our enemy. And by the way, I know a lot of you, a lot of you may, may not be here on Wednesday nights. Please go back and watch those videos. They're very important to catch you up on the theme and the purpose of our church right now. You, if you're going to last here in our church, you've got to be unified with us, okay? You can't have your own doctrine or beliefs. You've got to be unified with what God is doing in our church. So please go back and, and if you miss on Wednesdays and watch those. I know many of you are, are busy. You might not can make it, traffic, and work. But go watch those because I want to make sure you're hearing what God is saying to us is we don't want to get addicted to being comfortable. It is so, it is so dangerous for us to become addicted to it. And so I want to show you this in the Scripture. It was not very comfortable for really anyone here. And so secretly, he wanted to go and worship, but that wasn't the truth. Please hear me today. Herod partnered with the ignorant. Herod loves to partner with people who don't know any better. Herod loves to be sneaky. Herod loves to try to push his agenda with a snake-like mentality. The wise men didn't know that Herod would want to destroy Jesus. They were absolutely innocent and ignorant. They, they, they meant well. They wanted to come, and they were excited. They wanted to find the baby. They wanted to bring their gifts and worship. They had no idea that this evil king would want to destroy Jesus. And when they arrived on the scene, they said, we're excited. Let's go find him. Let's figure out where he's at. They had no idea this evil king would want to find him to kill him. Yeah, Christmas is not all beautiful angels, is it? No, the reality of Christmas is People didn't like Christmas. From the very beginning, there was an anti-Christmas. From the very beginning, there was an anti-Christ spirit that said we do not want him ruling. We do not want him in our lives. We do not care that he's here. We don't think we're lost. We don't want his help. In fact, if I find him, I'll destroy him. And that spirit is alive and well today. Right now, there are still people that do not like the idea of a new king. So, Herod partnered with the ignorant. That's what Herods do. Here's what Herod really wanted to do in Matthew 2 and 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, because the wise men, 
They were warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. God gave them supernatural revelation. So when Herod figured out that this wasn't going to work out and the wise men were not going to come, he was exceedingly angry because he did not get his way. And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men, he had horrible, horrible intentions all from the beginning. He never wanted to go and bring his worship to Jesus. He was faking. He was pretending. He was acting like he loved God, acting like he loved church, acting like he loved Christmas. He didn't really love it. He didn't. He had an ulterior motive in his heart, and he was only playing the part. Deep inside, he wanted to destroy the new king. He couldn't stand the idea of someone being in charge over him. This is what Christmas is all about, y'all. It's all about a new king. Christmas is all about us no longer being king. Christmas is all about us having to surrender our power and our authority to a newborn king. That's what it's all about. You think it's about all these other things our kids showed you. That's not the truth. The truth is we have a new king now. Earthly kings must bow down. We must bow down. We must set aside our agenda, our purposes, and our goals because we have a new king on the scene. He's the boss. He's in charge. That's what Christmas is all about. Herod's idea of finding Jesus and worshiping him was killing him. Herod's only seeking of Jesus was only seeking Jesus in an attempt to preserve their own legacy, not join another's legacy. He only wanted to go to make sure he could keep his crown, not to throw his crown down at the feet of the new king. Because not everyone who looks Christian has good intentions. When will we figure this out? Not everybody who says, I love to worship, really loves to worship. Some people play the game. Some people just go through the motions. But I hope today on this Christmas season there's no Herods in here. God, I hope I'm not Herod. I hope I don't even act like Herod, think like Herod. I hope that I don't have a bone inside of me that on the surface I act like I love everybody. I love church. I love the pastor. But deep inside, I'm Herod. I'm waiting for an opportunity to strike. See the spirit of Herod? The spirit of Herod will partner with you and act like they're your best friend until really one day they strike. Not everybody loves Christmas because not everybody loves submission to the new king. Yeah, we've, we've covered up the truth about Christmas with all of our gifts and parties. I'm reading the word today to you. This is the climate for which Jesus Christ came to be king. This was the opposition to him. This is what's happening. Today, before we talk about the second king, Jesus, I want to talk about the first king, the one who was already existing, the one who was currently in power, the one who hated the fact that there'd be a king I have to submit to, just to make sure that today, during this Christmas season, none of us are Herod. It's very easy to be Herod. Herod could be anybody. But Lord, don't let it be us. Don't let it be me this Christmas season. King Herod's, I want you to hear what King Herod's do so you can, you can search in the mirror for yourself, okay? King Herod's will prey on the weak and the ignorant. Their friends are usually will go along with the flow. And rarely ever anybody with authority is around King Herod because King Herod cannot stand authority. 
King Herod only keeps people around that are yes men, that are weak, that do what they say. King Herod is challenged by anything that tries to steal his crown, take away his authority, take away his power. God, I don't want to be King Herod. King Herod's exist during Christmas time. King Herod's cover themselves up, but deep down, they don't want a new king. King Herod's are normally friendly with you as long as you help fulfill their personal agendas. They're your friend as long as you help them get further down the road on what they want. But as soon as you say, Jesus is king, they'll kill you. As soon as you declare you're not my king, there's only one king, it's Jesus, King Herod comes for you. King Herod will play the game. King Herod will partner with you as long as they're getting something from you. But as soon as they no longer get anything, King Herod shows his ugly face. This is who King Herod is. God, don't let it be anybody in here. King Herods are threatened by anybody, anything that challenges their dominance. They hate the word humility and submission. That's King Herod. You know, you can't catch Herods that easily. They're very good at what they do. They're very deceiving. But listen to how you find out who Herod really is. There can be a supernatural warning in the spirit about who Herods are. How did the wise men find out who Herod was and his intentions? God told them. We are living in an hour of Herod. Just like the first Christmas story, we have repeated ourselves over and over, and there are Herods around us. There are Herods in authority. There are Herods that have great power in this world, and we have no reason to fear Herod. But I want you to know who Herod is. Sometimes you cannot see Herod on the surface. Sometimes, except for God warning you, you can't tell who's coming against you. That's why sometimes you can be around people, and it seems like they're your friend, but you feel an undercurrent in the Holy Ghost, and you say something's not right. I don't trust this. Only God can reveal the true intentions of Herod, the Antichrist spirit of the day. Do not be fooled by those who say, let me join you. I want to be a part of it. You've got to hear from God to make sure there's not another motive. Always ask this question, what's the motive? If you're going to build trust, then you're going to seek out your heart and seek out others' truth. Ask the motive. People make mistakes. Ask the motive. What is in it for them? What is in it for you, Herod? Bibles, or we find from history that Herod dies a miserable death with everybody afraid of him. And the only ones by his side were there by obligation for their own personal survival. I'm telling you right now, I don't want to be Herod this Christmas season. I do not want to secretly have my own agenda and act like I'm here worshiping my brothers and sisters when the truth is I'm the king and I know I am. I'm a secret king undercover and I can't stand the fact that we have a new king. And that's exactly what we want to make sure on this Christmas season we are not we are not falling for to make sure that we are not King Herod. To summarize, Herods are very uncomfortable with the idea of having to turn their crown in and let Jesus rule them. And if you can't stand words like submission, obedience, do what the Bible says, the spirit of Herod is alive. 
if you can't stand the fact that you can't make the call anymore because there's a new king now. The spirit of Herod is alive. If you struggle with great anger problems, the spirit of of Herod is alive. I didn't get in my way. Lash out in anger. Herod's alive. If you keep it up, Herod, there's going to be a mass murder of little children. Because the end game of the spirit of Herod that does not get fixed is great destruction. And that's why right now you've got to look in the mirror and say, I'm okay being uncomfortable with the new king. I'm okay not being in charge. I don't want this crown. I want to make sure that he rules, he reigns. I want to make sure Jesus is the boss over me. I don't care. You can take this kingdom. You can take my authority. You can take everything I've got. I'm not going to fight against the King of kings and Lord of lords. I'm thankful for Christmas season. I'm glad the boss has arrived. I'm glad he's going to take over the reins. I'm glad he's going to rule and reign. I'm thankful. I give it all up. I don't want to be in charge anymore. I refuse to fight against the king. Let me not be Herod today. Let there not be a spirit of Herod across this place today. I don't want to be that guy. Herod was so uncomfortable at Christmas. It frustrated him, the idea of Christmas, a new king getting all the credit and having all the authority. What does that make me if he becomes king? That makes you the servant. And people that can't stand being a servant, they can't stand letting someone else tell them what to do, they can't stand being in submission and bowing their knee, have a spirit of Herod. You watch Herod's. Herod's two years, three years, four years out will totally bomb and go crazy unless today Herod repents and gets right with God and bows down to Jesus and bows their knee unless you give up your crown today and you do the real thing that Christmas is all about, and that is the transfer of power. Christmas is a transfer of power. Christmas is a transfer of power. Christmas is when you give up your kingship and you let him be king. Christmas is when you quit calling the shots. You quit being the big dog. You quit having all the power and the macho authority, and I'm this, and nobody can tell me what to do. That's his Christmas time, y'all. There's a new king. There's a new one in charge. It's time for us to bow our knee to Jesus. Y'all, the objective of Christmas is not the gifts, the angelic singing, or even the cute manger scenes that make us all look so devoted in our front yards. It's easy to put up a manger scene on your mantle. Easy to go give a $25 crock pot to somebody and call yourself a Christian. It's easy for you to hide behind Christmas parties that really are just fun because you like food and call it, call it holy. The season of Christmas is not about your parties. The season of Christmas is not trying to get another friend or make it all about you or have everybody over to your house so everybody can think you're great. It's all about Jesus. It's all about submission. It's all about giving it to him. I'm not the boss. I'm not in charge. I don't want to be in charge. I'm taking off my crown today, and I'm laying it at his feet. There's a new king in town. Christmas is about kingship. It's about dominance. It's about me submitting and surrendering because I don't want to be king. 
If you can't celebrate the kingship, you're missing the Christmas story. If you can't celebrate the fact that he's the boss, he's the ruler, that you're nothing compared to him, you're missing Christmas. Do you know why I think they were called wise men? I think that you'd be very unwise to hear about the newborn King of kings and Lord of lords and not do whatever it took to worship him. The Bible says they traveled from afar because you got to be really unwise to not travel wherever you are to get to Jesus. you got to be really unwise to sit in church and hear about the King of kings and not go to an altar and say, Jesus, I give it all up to you today. you got to be very unwise to hear about the King of kings coming to rescue us and sitting back there on the pew saying, no, I'm the king. I'm the king. Be careful, Herod. You're going to die a lonely person. Herods love Christmas when it has nothing to do with worshiping Jesus and rejecting her own crowns. Don't hide behind Christmas parties, Herod. Don't hide behind the wearing the color, the, the, the fancy colors of the season and dolling yourself up. Don't hide behind that. Christmas is about Jesus still. Don't hide behind the fact that you bought a gift for someone. That doesn't make you holy. What makes you, what makes you right is the desire to worship Him this Christmas. To put Him first. To do whatever it takes to get to Him. That's what this is all about. Who cares how many parties we go to if we're not excited about King Jesus? Who cares about the gifts and the food, the family get-togethers, if we still think that we're the kings? to mask my lack of devotion by more Christmas festivities. I want to make sure this season I'm grateful for the new king that's here. I want to make sure I've changed everything. I've submitted everything. I've gotten every rebellious Herod spirit out of me and I've submitted to him. He is the authority of my life. He is the king of my life. That's what this season is all about. Hear me, Herod. Hear me please, this Christmas God is calling you to step down from your powerful positions. Yeah. Because in the world you're powerful, you're capable, but, but the king has now arrived. And it doesn't matter what you're good at. He's better. It doesn't matter what you've accomplished. He's going to fix everything now. Your services are no longer needed. The king is here. You can rest now. You can listen to his advice now. You can stop wearing the pressure of the crown and the fear and the worry that someone's going to take over something. You can give it all up now and you can just worship now. The king has arrived. Herod, go ahead and have some peace. You've worked hard trying to be your own ruler and it hadn't got you very, very well. You have a lot of pain in your life. You, you end up going resorting to self-sabotaging your life and your family, Herod, because you're always looking to get ahead, Herod. But listen, just take a break this Christmas. A new king is here. Take the crown off. Take the weight off your shoulders. Stop trying to have the pressure on you. You can't fix it. You can't figure it out. But the king can. The new king can. Jesus, the king of the Jews, has arrived. Got with us, Emmanuel. He's here. He's finally here. He's here to rescue us, to save us. The king is here. You can take off your crown today. Thank you, Lord. Almost done. While, while Herod was very uncomfortable by the arrival of Jesus, Jesus and his family weren't exactly having the time of their life either. 
The reason why I call this an uncomfortable Christmas story is because if you look at the details, everybody's pretty uncomfortable. During Christmas, it's easy to use the church kids' drama as the most accurate depiction of Christ's arrival. We imagine Mary and Joseph smiling in a warm barn with hay everywhere to to Christmas music carols. And we imagine this so pretty and the animals are cuddling around and they're just kind of honking their little noses at them and whispering little little animal notes. And we have all these cute pictures of Christmas like it's so perfect I want to go. We still go visit mangers as if it's amazing. I want to go see a real one. It's going to be cool. I'm going to go watch people sit on the ground with a bunch of hay and manure, and I'm going to celebrate with them. It's like, y'all, it's not fun. But we just think it's so great, hot chocolate. Like Mary and Joseph have hot chocolate. They're drinking it in the stable, and it's just this beautiful time. Friendly guests, they're coming in, bringing them gifts. Oh, I wish I could just be there on the first Christmas, how fun it would be. Freezing cold. Angels are singing in the background, got your own personal choir, and this is what we think it's all about. We skip over the parts where a young unmarried woman is met by a strange being in the middle of the night, told she's going to have God's son. How would you do with news like that? We skip over the part where her spouse has to wonder, is is she recently cheated And maybe she just ate a bad mushroom on the way. Is she seeing stuff? What a great excuse. Hey, how come you're pregnant, Mary? Well, what happened was there is this um, angel. (laughs) And the angel said, you know, he said that it was uh, going to be God. God did it to me. So, I mean, blame him. (laughs) Oh, I just love the story of Christmas. It's so sweet. Look, they're, they're, he's thinking she cheated. He's having to question everything that he thought he loved. The love of his life is getting pregnant, and she's trying to make up a reason. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's what they all say. God did it. It's God's fault. Yeah, blame it on God. Angel told you, huh? We skip over these parts. She just so happens perfectly to go into labor far away from home around a busy city with nowhere to stay. But an animal shelter. Oh, Christmas is just perfect. Her guests that we think are amazing are local strangers. I was just out here uh, taking care of some sheep and all of a sudden felt like dropping in on you. Is that what you do when you have your kid at the hospital? I mean, you, you, the women just feel, they feel ugly. They feel like their face is all puffy. They got the little purple baby all squished up on their arms over here. And, and they're, they're tired and they just had all that suffering and pain. All of a sudden, just do, do construction workers walk in and say, God just told me to just show up. And, oh, yeah, congratulations on the baby. Okay, got to go. Is that what you want after having labor all night? You want to random men bust in your room and say, hi, God said come look at you. Oh, it's a beautiful story. So her guests are local strangers and foreigners with strange gifts and a knack for telling murdering kings where to kill the one that came to worship. Thanks, guys. Thanks for telling them where we're at. Appreciate you. But worst of all, Matthew 2 and 13. Now when they departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and flee to Egypt. You've got to move. You're a fugitive. You're on the run. The beautiful story of Christmas. 
the parts we leave out. We think it's just this beautiful moment where we give gifts to each other. We fail to see how uncomfortable Christmas is. And why in the world we're trying to make Christmas all about a party when there was nothing but suffering and pain to bring about the glory of God? Nothing but uncomfortable moments to make sure that humanity could be saved. And we want to say, I hope my, my Christmas is comfy. It doesn't need to be comfy. There needs to be submission. There needs to be great surrender. It doesn't need to be another party. If you're not right and ready to go to heaven, if you're Herod, then you need to repent today. Don't go to another party. Don't eat another cookie. Make sure you're right with the King of Kings. Quit wasting your Christmas season on trying to just escape the fact that you're not really getting saved. I don't know how we dance around Christmas parties and not live right. I don't know how we continue to dance around Christmas parties and we talk about Jesus all season, but yet we won't repent. How dare we talk about Jesus, that he came to save us, and yet we won't let him save us. How dare we keep having parties about him, but we never do anything with him. We should be praying more, fasting more. He came to save us. He came to rescue us. He's supposed to be the king. Why are we not bowing down in submission and surrender, saying, take it all. You can have everything, Jesus. I'll be uncomfortable for you. You were uncomfortable for me. Joseph, Mary, and baby Jesus have to leave everything because a wicked king wants Jesus dead. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is why I choose Jesus as my king on this Christmas. Because listen, only one king at Christmas is willing to choose this comfort for his subjects' blessings. Only one king is willing to step down from the comforts of his heavenly bliss and get dirty for me and for you. Only one king is willing to dwell among those who want to kill him. Only one king is worthy this Christmas season. Not the earthly kings, not me, not you, but Jesus, the king of kings, is willing to lose everything so that we can be saved. Jesus changed the whole scope of what it means to be an authority figure. Jesus said, real kings don't keep themselves comfortable while letting everybody else suffer. Listen to this. Real kings become uncomfortable so everybody else can be comfortable. Real kings leave their thrones to get down where the people live so they can rescue them. Real kings don't make everybody serve them. Real kings don't act all tough all the time saying, I better get my way. Real kings humble themselves. They fall down. They get in the dirt. They work with humanity. The true king has arrived. He came born of a virgin. He slept in a manger. That's the king that I worship today. That's the one I submit to today. And if you think I'm going to walk out on that Jesus today, he's the only one that would become dirty for me. He's the only one that give up his castle for me. He's the only one that would do that for us. 
Our biggest complaint with politicians and leaders is they never get their hands dirty. They all live above us. And you know what? We have a king that knows how to love us. We have a king that knows how to get into the uncomfortable moments so that we can be saved. Christmas is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for Herod. It's uncomfortable for Jesus. But this is the price you pay to save humanity. There is no way to be comfortable and be saved. There is nothing in the Bible that is comfortable when it comes to being saved. If you want comfort, you will be lost. If you search for comfort, you will be lost. I'm prophesying to you right now. It's not biblical. It doesn't fit the spirit realm. It's not even godly. If you're seeking personal agenda, personal comfort all of the time, you are not like my king. You don't have his heart. You don't have his love. You don't have his spirit. But you can if you'll bow down your knee to him and say, I'm tired of being the boss all the time. My life is a wreck. Everything's a mess. I want him to be the king. Christmas is not about demanding comfort from everybody around you. It's about the willingness to be uncomfortable so others can have hope. I hope you enjoyed today's uncomfortable Christmas story. I hope you realize that because they were uncomfortable, what are we doing? Begging for comfort. I don't think we're celebrating Christmas the right way. I think Christmas should be up there with Easter. Without Christmas, there'd be no Easter. In fact, the Christmas, the Easter is only because of the Christmas. And and if he had not come, he came to die. He came to be born to die. He came to be, he was born to be uncomfortable. He was born to save us. Christmas is in conjunction with Easter. It should be as solemn. It should be as surrendering. It should be as submissive. He's the new king. And the choice we have to make during Christmas is we can stay Herod's and we can walk out of this place today spiraling our life into more chaos. Or we can bend our knee to the new king and worship him. Herod calls worship the destruction of Jesus. Herod Herod has a form of worship also. He calls it worship, but it looks nothing like it. How do you know the difference in your worship? Because when you become more of a king, you're not worshiping right. When you become less of a king, you're worshiping right. When you make him king, you're worshiping right. When you keep your own throne, you're not worshiping right. And if this message today of submission to Jesus makes you uncomfortable, then then the story of Herod relates to you. Because every one of us, male, female, young and old, have a flesh that says, I don't want anyone to rule over me. And this is the reason why people don't want to go to church and they don't want to believe in Jesus. Because once you believe he's the king, you can no longer be in control of your life. And this is the thing we hate. So please today, do not walk out this room and go have yourself a party acting like you love the Lord if you have not completely surrendered, repented and turned your heart to Jesus. Made sure that you're baptized in Jesus' name and sought after to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is the culmination of every act that precedes it 
of Christmas and Easter and the book of Acts, this is all pointing towards us receiving salvation. There is no point in celebrating if I'm lost and I'm not right with God. He's got to be king. We're done today. I want us to stand and I want us to pray together before we leave. And then when we're done, I want our kids to receive a gift of love. But before we go any further, I, I want to make sure that we've prayed today and we've gotten our hearts centered around the real purpose of Christmas. And that is, it's uncomfortable if we're not right with God. And it should be. And you will never find your joy and peace if you keep fighting against Him. My prayer is that cookies don't taste good if you're lost. My prayer is that the gift just won't wrap right if you're lost. I don't know what it has to take to wake us up during this season where we we dance around worship and never do it. We tiptoe around Jesus all Christmas but never give anything up. Let's take the crown off today. I know it is God's will for none to perish, and God does not want anybody who's been battling with the spirit of Herod to walk out of this place without surrendering to make sure that you're saved. That's what God wants. It's not too late, sir, ma'am, it's not too late for you to say, this was uncomfortable today. Why is it so uncomfortable? It's uncomfortable because you know that you ought to go and get right with Jesus but you also know that you kind of like being in charge and you're torn right now. But I hope that with all of our celebration and all of our our seeing the love of God, I hope that you can make the choice like I have and you say, I know what king I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve the king that's willing to be uncomfortable so I can be saved. And he is worthy of my devotion. He is worthy of my submission. And I'm going to do anything it takes to get to him this morning, this afternoon. Lord, thank you for coming. You can take my crown. Before we, before we go any further, I want to invite us all to the front today to come make our commitment this Christmas season to make sure that we're right and we're not carnal, we're not earthly. Let's just all come today. Let's lift our hands up. Thank you to our musicians for helping us. But we want to take a few moments today, and we want to just pray together and make sure that everybody here has a chance to embrace the King of kings and Lord of lords, to come down and say, thank you, Lord, for coming to save us. We don't deserve it, God. We don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. I've seen Herod in me at times, God. I don't want that to be in me. I don't want to dance around the worship word. I want to make sure that you have my heart, God. I want to make sure that if I'm uncomfortable in this service, uh, I can receive salvation. I want to make sure there's nothing in me that is not like you. I surrender right now, Jesus. Oh, I give my life to you, Jesus. Oh, God, I repent, God, right now. If you're a guest today, I'm so glad you're here. I know sometimes we get uncomfortable, but it's okay. Herod was uncomfortable. Jesus was uncomfortable. It's okay to be uncomfortable at Christmas, but it's not okay to walk out the doors and not say, He's my king. He's my king. He's my king. I'm not the boss. I don't know everything. I don't want to do it all anymore myself. I don't want to do it my ways. God, I want to make sure that I am the worshiper of you. I want to make sure I'm submitted to you this Christmas. I don't want to have parties and not have peace. I don't want to have food and not be filled with your spirit. I want to make sure my allegiance is true and my allegiance is accurate. Oh, God, I surrender all to you, Jesus. 
I surrender all to you, Lord. I give my life. Let's pray in the name of Jesus before we go today. Let's seek the face of the Lord. God, if you, if you saw the Herod in you that just began to seek him right now, if you saw Herod in you, it's not too late. You can still be saved. You can still be restored. You can still throw your crown down and say, Jesus, thank you for being my new leader. Thank you for being my new king of kings. Thank you for taking over the pressure. I can't save myself. I can't rule my house without you. I can't do this without you. I was not built to be a king. There's always only been one true king. Come on, let's throw our crowns down today symbolically before the Lord and let's make sure that we are devoted. Let's make sure we are submitted. Let's make sure we are uncomfortable. I don't want to be comfortable. You were uncomfortable for me, God. I'm willing to be uncomfortable for you, God. You lived as a pauper. You stepped down from your throne. I'll step down from mine. Thank you, God, for leading the way. Thank you for showing us what true royalty is. True royalty says I'm willing to be uncomfortable so that I can worship the right way. I'll be uncomfortable for you, God. You're uncomfortable for me. You are uncomfortable for me. I'll be uncomfortable for you. You sacrificed all for me. I am willing to sacrifice all for you. I don't want it my way. I don't want my will. I don't want my desires. I surrender my thoughts. I surrender my ways. I surrender everything, God. You can tell me what to do and I'll do it, God. You can speak to me, Jesus. I am not the boss. I am not in charge. I want to become uncomfortable, Jesus. I want to be uncomfortable. Shake me, God, this Christmas. Shake me, Jesus, this Christmas. Let's make sure we're full of a spirit before we leave today. Let's make sure that we're ready to see him face to face. Let's make sure we take full advice of the sacrifice of our God. It's okay to be uncomfortable. Just lift your hands up, repent. Open up your face and your eyes to the Lord and cry to God. And say, Lord, I'm sorry for doing it my way so long. I'm sorry for being the ruler, the boss, the angry one. I'm sorry, God, for that spirit of Herod. It's flesh. It's evil. But I repent. I turn my back on it, God. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I'm always trying to sabotage people because I'm always trying to be the boss. That's it. Let's pray in the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I surrender all to you, God. For a few moments, let's worship the King of Kings. Thank you to our singers. Help us out with worship today. Let's lift our voices up and sing to God. Oh, Jesus, please don't leave yet. Let's spend some time searching our hearts today, rededicating to God. Oh, surrender all. That's it, Jesus' name. Oh, God, I'm yours. I'm yours. That's it. Oh, I feel it. I feel it today. I feel like you're doing it. I am too. We've got to do this today. Search my heart, Lord. Don't let me waste it. Thank you for your love, God. Thank you for becoming uncomfortable for me. 
I'm okay being uncomfortable, Lord. That's it. Lift up your voice. Jesus. Oh, lay me there. Oh. Oh, God, I surrender to you. Yeah. Oh, take me, Lord. Take me there, Jesus. In pieces, it's my offering. Let me have the throne. Leave me there alone. Oh, yeah. Your glory. God, I surrender to you. I've been doing it my way too long, Lord. Come on, let's repent from being tough. Let's repent from being angry all the time. Let's repent for trying to be the boss all the time. Who are we? We're just the subjects of Christ. We're the servants of the Lord. We don't have it all figured out. But He does. He'll guide us. He'll lead us. I surrender, Lord. I surrender, Lord. I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be than here in your love. Here in your love. No place I'd rather be. No, no. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. Than here in your love, here in your love. So far down in my soul, I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul. That's it. Let's fill this place with prayer. Let's fill this place with submission to God. I surrender, Lord. No, 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 no. Oh, I surrender to you, Father. Oh, God, I'm yours. I'm yours, oh, Father. Father.